All right, guys, today may be a little, bit a little bumpy, uh, but we're out at the SECA Houston Region Fun in the Sun Memorial Day race. Um, getting ready to put vinyl on a couple cars, um, talk to a couple of people. Also, today will be the start of a partnership with Hammer Motorsports out of Florida. Um, between them and myself, we're going to try and bring you even more content um, and step up our game a little bit with some video um, some actual real editing, uh, actual pictures showing where things are better or worse. Uh, it's a uh, growth is what I would call it. An opportunity to change things, make them a little bit better. So if it gets loud from time to time, that's going to be cars on track. Um, should not be a big deal. And I think we're in. Join with computer audio. Yes. All right. Are we better? Yeah, is that good? Okay. Yeah. I, I can see you. You can see me. So, and I'm trying to figure out what all lights out because the sun's damn bright. That's why we call it fun in the sun. But okay. Cool. You're not too damn tall. That's the other problem. You need to hold it like that. Correct. Uh, I'm so white, it's not even funny. So. Well, I'm, I'm super white too. You know, I can't, I can't even high five. Yeah. You got a little ginger going on there. What's that? Little ginger going on there. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I'm, my daughter and father are both gingers, so. Well, no, no, I'm not. I'm totally no? blonde. Okay. Oh, close I'm, enough. I'm yeah. That's that's from these lights. So if I go like this, I yeah, change the setting. Ah, uh, okay. Give yourself a little tan, I see. Yes, I'm on a little tan, a <laughs> fake tan. That works. So yeah, we're actually live right there on my Facebook page. Okay. <laughs> and, and lose track. We should have had that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know? No worries. So, do the intro. I'm gonna so grab my drink right here. Okay. All right, I'm back. Okay, so I'm gonna give it a little pause here. Just keep quiet, and then I'm gonna do a little introduction, and then I'll go turn it over to you, and we're just gonna go back and forth from there. Perfect. Hey, so my name is Lewis May. I'm with Hammer Sport Racing. And today is the first episode of a video podcast that Richard Tomlin and I are doing. Richard Tomlin is on this call with me, and Richard is with Apex Auto Works. Has a lot going on in racing. There's some products he's developing. 
So say hi, Richard. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, hello. Um, Richard Tomlin, Houston, Texas. Uh, we do everything from rally to time trial to Pikes Peak Hill Climb to open road race in Mexico um, to building cars to spec racer Fords to spec Miatas to this morning I'm working on a uh, Corvette. This is just a little vinyl job this morning and a GT Lights Miata. Uh, but we've got our SCCA majors, uh, our first race of the year for SCCA here in Houston. Um, fun in the sun. 107 cars uh, lined up and of course should be going live any minute. If you hear the radio chatter in the background, that's what that's for. Wow, so Richard, you just rattled off more about racing uh, in 30 seconds than most of us have ever done or hope to do in our lifetime. Nice. So that's pretty awesome. I think that right there is proof that this is going to turn into an awesome show over time. So my goal today with you was just to turn in a little more about you and, 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 and about myself and what we've been up to and then kind of maybe create some kind of uh, outline for the future about what we want to talk about. Um, what our ideas are to talk about so that we can post this stuff live, look at the comments and see what other people want to talk about, you know, because that's always what my, you know, one of my huge um, value propositions or core values is inclusion. I want to develop racing to include people and let people know how they can get involved at whatever level they're capable of. So uh keep going man where yeah. are you <clears throat> um well let me elaborate a little bit on what you just said about the inclusion <clears throat> let's start with richard 19 years ago um and there's so much fun in this story and i'll try not to get emotional but um left closed a business in oklahoma city um, i lost my father in oklahoma city bombing moved south to houston and decided i wanted to race cars so i jump on this thing called the wonderful world of internet and I find out that the BMW E30 is the winningest chassis in motorsports history. Well, shit, if that's the winningest chassis, that's what I need. I want to go rally. Kind of like what you guys are doing, right? The Hammersport Rally. Um, yeah, yeah. So I go out and buy this BMW. I spend like six grand on it, which is just an absurd amount of money. But it had kind of a backyard restoration from a BMW shop. And I thought I was just getting the deal of the century. Come down, I go to my first rally. And it's a, uh, it's a gimmick rally. It's not even a real rally. Show up with a bunch of safety gear and stuff. I'm like, what, what, what is this? You know, I had no idea what a gimmick rally was. I'm like, oh, it's a rally. Let's go. Um, here goes Spec Miata's out for test. They're gonna be loud for a second here, guys. There's three, four, five. Um, in this field, there are 19 cars. Of the 19, we've done work on 11 in this field. So today's a really good day. Um, Evidently, they're making my internet unstable too when they go by. But Miatas are obscenely loud. And I'll probably close the garage door here in a second once they actually start running. Um, so I go to this gimmick rally, and it was my introduction to the SCCA. Um, some of the best people I could ever be around. Now, 20 years later, that's where I'm at. That's what I do. Um, it is the nature of my business. It's the total core of my business, um, is this sports car club. And for 20 years, they've supported me in all endeavors. Um, have evolved through so many cars, so many changes. Um, myself, it's amazing. Um, have not run a nationals uh, club race yet at this point. Um, I have run autocross all the way up to the national level. I've run club racing, all the rally stuff, SCCA hill climb stuff. Um, but my point on this, guys, is attainable and viable. 
it is so cheap and so easy to get into motorsports and so many people think that it's out of reach because of the stuff they see on TV with million dollar toter homes and six million dollar budgets. It is not necessary. It's nice if you have that, but it's not needed. You can jump out there and race on 150 bucks a weekend on your daily driver car and you say, oh, it may not be racing, it's autocross. You get out there and drive a couple times, you're fighting for thousandths of a second, it's racing. Just like hopping on a go-kart at the go-kart track. And I'm, I'm gonna walk over here and close this door because these guys are coming around. We may do one blast by, but they're gonna get too loud for us pretty quick. Car control, and it, when you master the car control of autocross, you can jump into any other form, even into a rally cross, which is your dirt stuff, which kind of leads to rally. Um, these are all foundational steps in mastering your car control, so that you don't get out there and feel scared to death when you're going around the course. Um, we had a, I had a conversation yesterday with a guy who took his wife to race go karts here at our track. Um, they run a little bit bigger than your normal bump carts, right? We've got a uh, shifter cart track out here, but they rent some. And his wife, basically every corner was spinning out. He's like, I don't understand why you can't just turn the wheel. But it shows how far off some people can be. She's 26 years old. She's been driving, you know, years. But you put them on a track and try and drive, and it's different. It's very different. In autocross, 35 to $45 for a weekend. Yeah, you're going to get 7 to 10 minutes of seat time. But in those 7 to 10 minutes, the value of what you will learn is just hard to beat. Uh, Formula Mazda going by. There's your little rotary sound. And then the other thing I love about So much of it is not, it, it's the art of everything but pushing the gas. It's the art of not pushing the brakes. It's the art of using that wheel as little as possible. Um, and that's one of the big things you'll, as you develop in racing, like Spec Miata specifically, or uh, B-Stock, B-Sedan, B-Spec is what we call it. Um, they run the little Mazda 2s, the Honda Fits, and they won't even use the brakes coming into the corner. You'll be on the gas, you lift, you turn the wheels, that wheel is your scrub, that's your brakes, and that's all you need. So okay. it's just because you're not into such a high speed that you need the brakes. Correct. It's less horsepower overall. So every ounce of speed you shave. You say hi, Larry. Hi. Here's Larry Slavatin. He's one in the garage here where we're at. He's got a couple Fiat X19s, Miatas, um, Caterhams, uh, Lotus Seven Caterhams. What else? Corvette. F3, Cobra. F350 Cobra. So he got a couple toys. Everything so, he's painted. Your shop? Yeah. Yeah, he paints everything, does all my cages. His, uh, um, I've seen other people's work. I won't take it anywhere else. <laughs> the garage that he's a part of is called Over 50 Motorsports. So I'm still not allowed to be a member of it yet. But I'm getting close every day, a day closer. Yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, cool. So, uh, I, look, once again, you blasted through a bunch of stuff. <laughs> That's okay. We can go back and talk to it. That's why you talking about mastering content 
and getting me on one track. Dude, it's a squirrel on crack, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's, I mean, look, I, I can digest what you're saying just because uh, maybe I'm quick on my ears or whatever, but I'm also always going to try to slow you down and go, whoa, wait a second. That's fine. What? I get it. <laughs> so, and that's, I think, what will be a great dynamic, and I've kind of learned that's my talent in these things. So... Uh, you've done a couple podcasts so far. What has been the theme of those podcasts so far, Richard? My focus is on safety. So why there are so in my now twelve years of building like turnkey race cars um, and learning what people don't know. Everybody wants to go buy a harness and bolt it in a car. Everybody wants to go buy a race seat and put it in a car and a race steering wheel and it's a great concept. And for some street use, it may be okay. But uh, when you start seeing some of the stuff that has come through my shop and you just gasp, you know, you're just like, wait a second, this is not right. And you get into what I call the why. Okay, why are things done the way they're supposed to be? Um, and the rule, in my rule, so I'm also oil field, HSE, Health, Safety, Environmental. Every rule is written in blood. When you go through a rule book and it says you must do this, understand that it costs somebody a life at some point or cost them a finger or cost them three weeks out of work. Um, the other yep. thing I often talk about is the racing that we do. If we can't go to work on Monday, we can't race again. So I absolutely agree. I'm in the roofing industry, Richard, and it's the same thing. It's like I don't care how much money I make, but we can't be sacrificing somebody's well-being yeah. so that I have money in my bank account. You know, if somebody doesn't get to go to home to their family or get to walk for the rest of their life, none of that's worth it. Yep, the, the game's over at that point, and uh, the. Formula Mazdas or Atlantics. The uh, the issue with race cars is so much of it you're allowed to do on your own at home, and unless you take the time to do the research, you'll make mistakes. Things will happen, and I don't want it to hurt or maim somebody for life. Um, yeah. There are little things that I've learned that I can share that makes everybody's life better. So why am I going to hold that information in my head? If I die tomorrow racing in a car in Mexico, all that information goes away with me. And it's taken me, you know, 12 years to get through all this stuff. And I've been kicked around a little bit in the process learning, but that's how you learn. Um, get kicked down, get back up, brush your knees off, and go back to work. Uh, yeah. We've been covering... Probably because of your safety precautions. Yeah. So we... Uh, yep. And we're trying to make it to where each podcast we focus on one thing. But I'm also doing it live in my shop. I just turn on the turn on the podcast and we just start talking about whatever we're talking about. The last one last night was uh, going over Scott Butler's Miata. Um, we just returned from Chihuahua Express and he had a big off, about 110 mile an hour off into a rock face. Um, car was up on its side. Um, the only panel that's not damaged, and Miata people will appreciate this, is the finish panel. The rear panel that sits between the taillights. It's always the first one to break on a spec Miata because it's composite okay. SMC and they fall apart and it's horrible. And SCCA rules, you have to have it. So these things are duct taped on cars and just made, they look like crap, okay? But you have to have it because it's part of the rules and you can't get an aftermarket one. It's got to be factory. Okay. Um, but hood, roof, every fender, quarter panels, doors, all damaged. Um, and literally, navigator got out of that car, completely walked away. Um, he was not able to get out of the car because he shattered uh, two vertebrae in his spine, basically compound, compound fracture, blew apart. So he's got uh, what we call his Ninja Turtle shell that he'll be wearing for the next 8 to 12 weeks. 
Um, he goes wow. in every three weeks and gets re-x-rayed to make sure everything's still in place. So we're working on some seat stuff as well, and we've started talking to some sprint car drivers. Um, my seat manufacturer that I use is Ultra Shield. Um, it's an aluminum seat. It's the same thing they use in the sprint cars and Baja. And we found out three different ways that people are using to pad these seats to where a high compression fracture doesn't happen, which is basically when the car is either airborne, um, you come over a crest or something, and the car actually lifts off the ground and then slams down. That, that landing is what's shattering uh, lower vertebrae. I've got two friends that have actually been injured, Scott being one, the other one being uh, Willie, uh, and it was an Inspect Miata at an actual course. So the purpose of my podcast is to try and focus on those safety lessons learned and then just general safety knowledge. I mean, we started out with the most basic thing, seatbelts. You'd think seatbelts would be easy to put in a car. Have you ever seen somebody crash and the seatbelts get torn out of the floor? I mean, a five-point harness is great, but it's not bolted to the car to do you any good. You know, it's got to be secure. Uh, and that's... Those are the kind of things that I want to eliminate ever happening to anybody else. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Because that's it's super important. Once again, if you can't go racing again, or you can't go back to your family, or you can't do your job, then what good is it? You know. Yeah. So, Always a challenge. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I mean, look. Obviously, we should review all that stuff when we get a chance. Um, what are some other uh, topics? I mean, I think people also want to hear about your history and like some of the cool experiences that you have. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I kind of live by the theory, like you heard Andy from Shella talking about the uh, living at 24 hours, you know? If it's past 24 hours, is it relevant? Well, some of it is. I agree. But it's not not the stuff I try and brag about, but it's made me who I am. It's a history, right? Um, Yep. And I'll say, man, it was probably... 2014, before I really realized, man, we're getting some traction. We're actually getting to do some really cool stuff. And I'll give you, 2016 kind of blew up for me. I got my car done, the Apexo set, A-P-E-X-O-C-E-T. You can look that one up on Google. Um, we completed building that car, and we took it to Mexico to go race Chihuahua Express. So I was building the car to be purpose-built for this rally. And this rally is 1,270 miles over three days. 380 of it are flat out. How fast can you go? all on asphalt roads, no dirt. Um, and we I've done it, I guess, five years before this. Built this car, so I had some real good insights into what to build. Well, I made it till the end of day one. Well, I broke throttle cable and had all kinds of other issues because it's a new car. Um, day one, this area of the nation or this country that gets two to three inches of rain a year got a nine-inch deluge that evening. We're trying to drive back my open wheel, open cockpit, LS powered uh, car across Mexico City, uh, well, Chihuahua is a city in Chihuahua State, and we come to a water crossing, and he's like, well, do we go through it? Do we jump out and push it? I mean, it was flowing water across, we're like, well, this is not good. Well, we made the risk to go through it. Go through it, of course, car dies, don't start it right, and for those of you who don't know, you get water inside the motor, it's not a good thing. Now, that being said, if you catch it quick enough, you can actually, I want to say save it, but you won't damage it, okay? Um, so the thing was, we, we hit the gas, hit the water, killed it, and of course it died going through, so we towed it the rest of the way in. Uh, next day, we make a 230-mile trek. We get to stage two. I scatter the motor across the road. Come back from that race, and, and so the race is gone. It's a waste, whatever, and I'm crying, just drinking my beer. You're riding on the back of a flatbed. So a place that you race to 240 miles away doesn't take long. Do that on the back of a one-ton wrecker. 
and you're riding in the car, you're telling the guy to stop and get beer every time he can. Um, it was it was a five hour ride back on the back okay. of a wrecker in your broken down race car. It was a humbling experience. You're like a princess doing the wave to everybody because everybody's out looking at the cars. Um, yeah, yeah. Come back, we throw a junkyard motor in it because we'd already committed to doing Hot Rod Power Tour and we'd also committed to Pikes Peak Hill Climb. So we come back, we had two weeks, go to the junkyard, pull a $500 motor, put it in the car, hop in the car, go to Louisiana, we did the long haul, all seven days of Power Tour. And of course, every day something's going wrong. Um, in blowing my motor, we had learned that I actually did a really creative thing. I ran the exhaust up on my car. I was talking about those five, th- five years we learned stuff in Mexico. Mexico, to slow you down going into each city, they have what's called the silent cop. Imagine the largest speed bump you've dealt with in the last year. Add three inches to it. That's what they have going in and out of every town in the rural areas. Never in a race route, but in a transit. And you're supposed okay. to observe highway speeds, blah, blah, blah. But you know how it is. You want to get there before your time. You know, so you push a little bit. Well, these things are the exact same color as asphalt. So if you're a local, you know about it. And if you're chit-chatting, enjoying your day in a race car, you know, just cruising along, waving at people, they will sneak up on you. Um, I seen an NSX go over one and get high-centered. We saw a 65 Mustang that went across, and when the front tires dipped coming down, he crushed his headers and actually closed them off completely. So when I went to build my car, the Apex upset, I said, well, I want the headers running up and then back and we'll cross the engine and come out passenger side. In doing that, I was trying to avoid crushing my exhaust because I know I'm stupid and I know I'm gonna miss one because it happens every year. When when my motor scattered, it didn't put oil all over the headers. So I didn't get the engine fire that everybody gets when they blow a motor. Okay. So there was a blessing in disguise for that. I didn't plan it. Right? Yeah, but it, but it happened. So we come back, we put all this stuff together, we go to a power tour. Well, because those headers are flipped upside down, they're turbo manifolds. So LS, heads are symmetrical. You can flip one head from one side to the other. Your exhaust manifold's symmetrical as well. So I took a turbo intake manifold, or exhaust manifold, flipped it upside down, and then went to the other side. So instead of being up over the motor, now they're down along the head and come to the front, then our exhaust collects, comes down the side of the car. Um, we'll have to show that someday too because it's pretty weird like we must have drank a lot of beer when we came up with this Um, but it worked Um, that was causing us to melt spark plugs and arc wires so the power tour we were literally making wires while we were driving Um, whoever was in the passenger seat was making new wires because we knew we were going to melt one or two Um, fast forward (laughs) Um, no we had tools I mean you carry tools with you you're in a car like that you know you're going to need some and what we didn't need, we just bought, you know, O'Reilly AutoZone everywhere around here. So we make the seven-day journey, which was, I want to say it was 3,000 miles that we drove in the seven days. And each night you've got an event, um, lots of fun and activities every night. So if you get a chance to do Hot Rod Power Tour, it's amazing. That's something maybe you and I should look at doing this year. Go do the seven days together, pick a car, and just go play. Because it's, it's amazing. You get to meet a lot of people. We left there, went straight to Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. Had a, had a guy said from Canada, um, he rented the car, and he had never raced rear-wheel drive. He's a front-wheel drive racer. Um, so he's renting my rear-wheel drive, um, just call it a sand rail because that's what everybody knows. Imagine a sand rail that's made for road racing. Um, okay. less, less than 2,000 pounds, over 400 at the wheels, um, and that's with him in it and a full tank of fuel. And it's rear-wheel drive on 15 by 8s. So you don't run a lot of tire because it's an extremely light car. 
And then we've also ran a much smaller tire because you're going uphill where everything is cooling off. I mean, your temperatures at the bottom could be 70 at Pikes Peak. The top, you can actually have snow and hail. So okay. we wanted a small tire because it works. The tires on the XS set are out. There's no fenders. So they're constantly cooling as you're driving the car. It's like a motorcycle. Um, so okay. motorcycles get slower every lap because their tire temperature drops off. Whereas a production car, your tire temperatures will increase as you drive because you've actually got some shielding to keep some heat. So mine were like a motorcycle tire, so we went with very small tires as well. He ran it up the mountain, um, practice qualifying. You know, he's mid-pack. We're, you know, ecstatic about that because we just wanted to make it up Pike's Peak. That's a victory. Okay. This was the second year of a 100-entry cap. So of the 100 people that ran, we ran that day, and we ended up being 18th overall um, at 10 minutes wow. and 54-second climb, um, which gets you in a sub-11-minute club. I don't remember the number, but at the time, I know there was less than 180 teams that had made it in under 11 minutes um, in the entire history of Pikes Peak. So you wow, think about all okay. these multi-million dollar cars. The, uh, the Viper Hot Rod was there that year. Um, we beat them. Uh, Big Red Camaro, we beat them. I mean, cars that are icons in our industry of performance and power and people. And we actually beat them. I mean, I wasn't driving. Testament to this. Right? Smooth driving, then. Right, yeah. Uh, Sad was driving. Um, driving makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. Calm, cool, collected car. It works. It does what it's supposed to. Um, but that year of doing Pikes Peak, we came back, had a couple magazines, uh, did two magazines that year, and then that October, had a customer of mine that I'd helped with Chihuahua Express, had a 64 Nova. And uh, we took the Nova and went and did La Carrera. Um, and that's, of course, the longest, most historic road race in the world. Um, happens in Mexico, travels from state to state over seven days, 2,700 miles, 430 miles of it are flat out. Uh, there's one transit stage that is four and a half hours. And you just hop in your race car and drive. Uh, okay. It's amazing. You could have like four shows on La Carrera by itself. Um, the history, the uh, pictures, the lights. The plan was to go back this year with a 53 Studebaker we're building. But that is Scott and myself, and Scott's out for the next 12 weeks, so we're not gonna push our hopes on getting entered in this race this year. Um, we'll focus on getting the car better prepped so that in uh, 2020, uh, we can be back at uh, Mexico running La Carrera Panamericana. Awesome. So yeah, there's there's highlights of stuff that are crazy, sir. And that's like, that's a cliff notes of like three months of 2016. It was stupid. Oh no, and once again, blasted through a bunch of stuff there so yeah which is great that just shows your diversity and like what you've experienced you know and because people want to know that they're getting information from somebody who knows what they're talking about and so that's what that does yeah what well, i think another topic later on because like when you're blasting through that stuff once again i'm barely in the know here and you know I'm more than you think sir <laughs> well well so i think it's, it'll be cool to like expunge on little things right. like a little bit more about La Carrera sometime yep. you know so we'll take some of these experiences and slow them down a little bit and I'll ask real specific questions yep. and just expose you know expose everybody to uh, the diversity that is racing and you know the specifics because when they learn those specifics it breaks it all down and makes it not as complicated right you know? Well, the La Carrera, you talk about breaking stuff down. So, I think it had been racing, uh, started racing, shit, uh, 2000. 1999 was Rookie of the Year. Um, so, I started racing late 98. I did not know about La Carrera Panamericana until six years ago. And okay. the race started in 1948. 
I mean, it's the mecca. It's it's the F1 of road racing in my mind and had no that, idea about the race. Is that the one that had the F1 drivers entering it? Yeah, back in the day, there was a lot of F1 drivers. Um, there was a huge prize. The prize that they gave away for the original La Carrera was greater than the F1 championship. Wow. It was a seven-day race, and it was a celebration. So Mexico government's actually the one that put that race on because it was celebrating their completion of what we would call the interstate system that ran from south to north in the country. So let's celebrate it. Let's let you guys go out there and haul ass on our brand new roads. What happened was over the course of the four years, people got more and more serious. I mean, Porsche showed up with purpose-built cars. Ferrari showed up with purpose-built cars. Um, even Hot Rod built one. Um, the Model T is what we call it. Open-wheel car, 350, and just went out there and hauled ass. Um, man, I'm going to get the name wrong. One of the Allisons in his book talks about he wasn't old enough to run the race, so his dad had entered the race. And they'd make it out of town. They'd stop and flip drivers. But it was the first time that he had ever actually hit somebody and pushed them off. And he pushed somebody off a cliff and it actually cost him their life. Um, and that's when it changed his life on how he looked at racing and what happened and how competitive he wanted to be. 16 years old, I think, is what he was at the time. But okay. they started having attrition and death because everybody wanted to be faster, faster, faster. Just It's life, right? You want to win. Um, yep. At the point of getting this fast... Um, in one year, they killed 12 drivers. 12 drivers killed. So in 54, they suspended the race. Government stopped it, said no more. Um, you yep. get to 71, 72. Um, a guy named uh, Roger Waters, uh, Pink Floyd, decided yep. he wanted to help resurrect the race. So he brought some money to the table, went to the right people in Mexico, and the race has been running again ever since. It's not run wide, balls open like it used to be. It's still a TSD rally. It still covers a general area not as great as what it was originally originally it was from guadalamala to laredo um, so you're racing you know bottom bottom of mexico all the way up to the top um yep. and they do that over seven days they would stop at night nobody raced overnight so just daytime racing so i think that brings on a, a cool topic that like that you've already talked about like when you bring safety into this and start explaining it to because like look how cool racing is in Mexico you know yeah amazing cool <laughs> it, is. It, it is in the rest of the world yet they're not quite as safe safety orientated as we are in America because they're not as lawsuit happy yeah to do a, a lot of that's changed now because they're going off FIA rules um, yeah, so, so they got sanctions so I think as we uh, as we people like you and I um teach and help people become safe and understand the thing we can help grow the sport here in america and you know start to have people here enjoy uh what the rest of the world does which i always think of like rally in the rest of the world huge and it's what i like about it is it's enjoyed by um you know the lower class the poor yep. people yep or economic status it's not f1 where you have to have a hundred uh-huh. Yep. You know, it's ride your bicycles and it's a gathering of people that show up to see the racing. And, and so I like that. And that's kind of falls into my, 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 you know, value of inclusion. So, uh, I think this helps with that whole mission of doing stuff like this and educating people about being safe. So, you know, down the road, we should also talk about safety as a spectator. Oh yeah. Uh, because big uh, issue. We, yeah. Big issue. <laughs> big issue. We, educating in the, in the United States 
more and more people are going to start to get to enjoy this stuff. And they're going to start to get to enjoy what we think is probably the better parts of motorsports. Uh-huh. The more fun part. Um, yeah. Then you've got the uh, Rallycross Championships that are going on, and that's drawing more and more people in. Again, the the pretty part of it, you know, the, the blonde that's all built and perfect is global rallycross right like that's where we all want to be and want to drive the reality most of us can't afford that but we can go out and do rallycross on any given weekend um in texas we two to two to three times a month you can go slide your car in the dirt i mean why that's why not that's like that's the scca rallycross which is like a dirt version of autocross correct and actually we've got some stuff here uh through rally ready school dave carpathian um, we're doing some side-by-side stuff now, too, that's like your pro solo, um, but it's in dirt. So it's a mirror course, and based on when you cross um, is who wins. So it's like a drag race versus autocross on dirt all at the same time. And it gets spectators involved. I mean, it, it's just something to get people interested, spark their interest in what we're trying to do. Awesome. So that's another topic then that I'm going to write down is, like, how to get started. So maybe we'll come yeah. up down the road with a podcast of three different or every different way that you could possibly get started and we should motors- make it under 250 bucks or make it under 150 yeah, yeah, yeah. bucks like, that'd be cool like absolutely absolutely uh, so we've got history we've got safety we've got how to get started um you know uh, we've got like events that are taking place that you've been to and that you think people would really enjoy well and events that you and i will be at together that they can go to with us. Yeah. Yep. Because I plan on hitting a couple of your rallies this year. All right. So I'm bringing you down to where it's even hotter than where you live. Um, and then we'll go north where it's cold because Canada's coming up on radar for next year as well. Yeah, I really wanted to do some, I want to do some rally in Canada and in uh, Mexico. I mean, I'm from Minnesota, so I can do the <laughs> oh yeah better than anyone. You got all of it. Yep. So, hey man, I, I think this was a great start. I, I don't really, you know, I want to keep these, like, we could just go on. Oh, on, yeah, I know. You've got to terminate them at some point. Yeah, we. I think, you know, when we keep these to about 30 minutes to 40 minutes, you know, and we stay on topic, um, you know, plus, because we'll always, it's never challenge going off topic. <laughs> that's the easy part. Yeah, that's the easy part, but people still enjoy that. So, you know, when you have the free flow, but you have a couple of things that you want to talk about, and then we're always going to put this out to the viewers because this is going to get some traction and I'm going to make sure that we're doing always doing a live viewing like we are right now. Cool. And, then I'll produce this and I'll put it out to you and I'll put it out on my channels and, uh, you know, we'll just stay consistent with it when we can. And uh, now, so now the other thing we got to figure out is what are we going to name this thing? You know, because we got to come up with a cool name for our podcast. Right. So, um, and we don't, you know, we just throw that out. We don't have to figure that out right now. Yeah. I just got to come up with something so, good. Yeah, some, yeah. Something to gain um, some traction. Cool. Let's do a little quick rundown again of um, who you are, what you got going. Maybe tell a little bit about your your shop. And then I know you have a product. That's yeah, we cool. got that too. For a minute, and then I'm going to do the same thing, and we'll wrap this up. Okay. So uh, my name is Richard Tomlin. Um, part of a couple companies. First one being Apex Auto Works. Um, we do turnkey race cars. We do some restoration style work of older race cars, the vintage cars, um, roll cage fabricators, suspension fabrication, paint body. 
Um, I invented a product about a year and a half ago. Um, has been on the market for almost a year. Well, actually, I guess, sorry, about nine months. Called White Pony Dry. Um, it is an oil absorbent, industrial absorbent, that is going to change the face of how you clean spills in your garage. Um, it's already changing it in the oil and gas industry on how oil rigs are cleaning up spills, um, fuel stations, fuel servicing. Um, so go take a look at that. Um, our goal is to race every weekend. Um, next weekend we're not racing, but we're actually holding our first what we'll call a cars and coffee. Um, local to a small town where I live called Alvin, Texas. Um, the one in Houston has had over 3,000 cars show up to it. Um, our first one, we're looking at 100, 150 cars. But well, we'll have everything. Yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be fun. But we'll have everything from real race cars to regular street-driven trucks that make 1,500 horsepower. Um, we have all kinds of cars coming out. We'll have the Rex Miata there on display. We'll have a car that we just finished putting a cage in um, that's been built for the Mexico Rally. Um, Miata, no hardtop, so all of our secrets are out. You can see exactly what we've done. What we haven't done is probably more important than what we have. Um, so getting some educated people to look at that. So next week, the podcast for me will be outside, um, and we'll do it during the show because the show is from 7 to 9 here a.m. Um, it's 8 a.m. for our podcast time here. So we'll actually be from the show. We'll have cars there. Um, I'll try and walk around and hold the camera appropriately um, so we can see some of the background. But, guys, we've got so much going on. It's so much fun. I, I am living an entirely blessed life. That's amazing, Richard. It's and married and two kids. Married 25 years now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing wife. That's awesome. Congratulations. Say hi to her and your kids. For Will me. do. Uh, I'm Lewis May. I'm with Hammer Sport Racing. I built a rally. I don't have nearly as much going on in the racing world. I built a rally car with my uh, driver, George Hammerbeck, last year. And I'm a digital marketer, so I own a company called Hammer Sport Marketing, where we service the blue collar industry. You know that's my niche, and it's you know it's my passion to uh, help small businesses thrive, not just survive. So um, this was our first episode of our video podcast. We haven't; it's unnamed. So it's just called the first episode. And uh, hope you join it. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, any place this is posted, feel free. We want to see your co- comments and your questions. Absolutely. Richard is an enormous resource on basically. A, <laughs> everything that is racing and it's our passion to help people be safe get into this uh get into motorsports and just you know figure out how to do it because that's that's the name of this game is really you just gotta you just gotta do it so i'm lewis may that was richard tomlin uh hope you enjoyed we'll see you next time appreciate it guys thank you all right man that was awesome yeah that worked Sorry about the camera. I plan on actually moving around a little bit, but it looks really crappy when I move around. So. So we've got the store race car. So that's what they call a P2. I boost the engine, 800 horse, the red one. <clears throat> this one's about an 80 horse, but old Formula Ford. This is what everybody cuts their teeth in, old European car. And then you've got the Legrand, or Baby Grand up there. You've got Caterham on the floor. Yeah, I'm still kind of losing you, Richard. When you Are you? Around. Hold on. 
Yeah. Laptop. What's better, phone? Yep, yep. Get them out of the track. No, no, and that's okay. That'll work as much as we can. Eventually, get yourself one of these cables that uh, plugs into your computer. Like, I have a 50 footer. Wow. So that'll, that'll help you to walk around with it. But it's okay. Right. Um, 